Welcome to the SLN Podcast, where your hosts interview top industry influencers and break down the latest trends in sports, fitness, fashion, and innovation. The SLN Podcast is on now. This episode of the Sport Lifestyle Podcast is presented by Empirica. That's Empirica, E-M-P-I-R-I-K-A. Empirica exists to amplify your brand's growth a digital partner to the ambitious, a creative engine launching brands and igniting growth, the unagency where relationships matter, not transactions. Let's connect at EmpiricaMedia.com. That's EmpiricaMedia.com. Let's get the show started. Hi, and welcome back to the SLN Podcast. I'm John Peters, and on this episode, I interview Asaf Avidan Antonir, the co-founder of Onyx, the world's smartest digital trainer and workout app. Asaf touched on a variety of topics today, including how Onyx is connecting consumers through fitness during COVID, how their proprietary algorithms are giving them an edge in personalizing the fitness experience, and why the gym of the future looks much more like Amazon Go than it does Peloton. Asaf also spoke about the upcoming Fitness and Active Brands Summit on November 17th, where he is speaking alongside the CEOs of Tonal and Lightboxer. I really enjoyed this interview with Asaf, who is taking a simple yet effective approach with technology to the fitness market. Onyx is surely one to watch in this space. Now let's get to the interview. Hey, Asaf Avidan Antonir. How's it going, man? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Did I did I pronounce it right? Did I get your name? You right? absolutely did. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, my last screw up on pronunciation was with uh, Les Mills' CEO, but I uh, stand corrected and learned French because he's he's awesome. Jean Michel was his name. Um, but uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, I feel like we have just so many different topics to to talk about, including yeah, and I I kind of love to start uh, us off with. You know, a lot of founders, a lot of entrepreneurs uh, have this vision of the future. And, you know, a lot of times they're living in the future and they have to bring reality or present day to that future. And and I couldn't, when I was thinking about this interview, I couldn't think of a more appropriate uh, parallel there, given what you guys are working on at Onyx. Uh, you are the uh, co-founder uh, of Onyx and um, you're, you're now working at the intersection of, you know, video technology, machine learning and fitness. And I'd love to start with kind of the current situation with COVID and, um, you know, what you're seeing today from an app perspective and, you know, metric perspective of how you're really connecting uh, consumers in a new way for fitness. Yeah. So I think, you know, as you said, this is kind of uh, quite the time for fitness, right? Whether it's home fitness or sort of the physical space, I think everyone is having to think very hard about what the future looks like. Um, you know, at, at a high level, we definitely think that the space is, you know, has already changed and is going to change drastically for the future. Without a doubt, people will be back in gyms and in studios, but it's always been a relatively small percentage of the market. Um, so I think sort of, um, you know, when we think about the future, we think home fitness is just going to become a bigger and bigger opportunity over the, you know, the coming years. And so we've already seen that um, for us since the start of this year, but especially since COVID, we've seen uh, pretty massive growth in our user base and just seeing a lot more kind of new types of users come into the space and look for new solutions. And so, you know, it's been a kind of a great time to be in the space. Obviously, um, we don't wish at all for what is happening, but I'd say the positive is that we're 
you know, we're fortunate to be able to help people stay active during this time. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely an exciting time for the space. Yeah, I'd love to double click on that. When you said uh, you guys are actually noticing a new type of user, um, can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, so you know, when when we historically have looked at our target users, they tend to be um, kind of twenty five to forty young professionals, young parents, people who are busy with work and travel and kids, and kind of looking for ways to squeeze in a quick workout either before work or at the end of the day. Um, and it's people who might have historically gone more to the gym or studios, but are just getting too busy or maybe don't have kind of the capital to spend on those things as often as they would like. And so they're working out a lot more from home because of a time and cost perspective. Um, I guess what's new is that sort of overnight, everyone had to start working out from home, right? And so you actually get all of these people who maybe were going to studios and were going to the gym and lifting big weights and, um, you know, you have all these people who historically might not have had this behavior of working out at home now looking for, um, you know, ways to do that. And so I think there's definitely a portion of that population that will be going back. But really, a lot of these users are introduced to this concept of home fitness for the first time. And um, this is why I think it's going to be so interesting over the coming years. I really believe that a, a large portion of that population is learning, hey, I can actually get a really great workout at home. Um, and so I won't need to go back to these things. So that's sort of the, the difference. Uh, we're getting people outside of that target demographic, people who might, uh, you know, have more disposable income, people who might normally prefer these other experiences, uh, people who might normally be kind of more active outside and now have to work out at home. And of course that has been easing over the last few months, but that's sort of the, the change that we've seen. Yeah, and I uh, I can't remember which guest I was talking to about this. Maybe a couple different guests, but you know, the longer this is true, I would say of any human behavior. And I'd love your thoughts. But the longer you do a habit, um, maybe working out from home in this case is is a great example. It kind of becomes more part of your routine or your 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 daily ritual, if you will. Um, and and I feel like the longer COVID goes on, the longer these types of habits, i.e., working out from home, um, are going to stick. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think the longer you do something, the more, you know, the more it becomes a habit. Um, people are still just investing in being able to work out at home. So either, you know, starting subscriptions for things like Onyx or buying connected equipment or, you know, basic equipment. Um, and so a lot of these things are just going to lock people into working out more at home. Yeah. And I think, you know, people are going to realize quite quickly when, when we go back, whenever we go back to quote unquote, the office that, you know, maybe they get 30 more minutes, uh, with their kids or they get 30 more minutes to do laundry. The newfound time that's created by the convenience of working out at home, I think is going to be really interesting to watch from a human, uh, behavior perspective. But Asaf, I'd love to talk more about human behavior because, you know, one of the things that I've read, uh, about your company is, the motivation aspect and, you know, knowing the insights and how many reps, for example, that they did on their last workout, uh, you can actually challenge them. And I think that's really interesting for gamification and even, you know, maybe rewards one day for your platform. Can you talk a little bit about that as, I don't want to call it your secret sauce, but maybe just a little bit how that makes you guys unique? Yeah, absolutely. I think personalization is really at the core of what we're doing in our technology enables a level of personalization that simply has not been possible before. So there's sort of two 
two components to that personalization. There's the real time during the workout and there's the long-term personalization. So real time, you know, that what we do today is when you, when you're working out with Onyx, the, the content that you're consuming and the, you know, the workout itself is really tailored in real time to your performance. So uh, the instructor, uh, which is a digital instructor, right? And everything is sort of pre-recorded and produced in bits and pieces. And so you'll get things like form feedback telling you, you know, to straighten your back or, you know, bend down lower or jump higher. Also affirmations. So if you've corrected your form, once you've done that, you'll get a, a piece of audio that, you know, confirms that you're doing it properly. Also things like counting reps out loud or uh, motivating you if you've slowed down or stopped in the middle. So it really creates this very personalized experience that makes you feel like there's a trainer there in the room with you. And that's one of the things we hear a lot from our users. You know, they, they know it's a digital experience, but it feels like there's somebody there with them and it creates this, you know, extra level of motivation and even accountability to actually push themselves and, you know, finish those reps and things like that. Um, and that's sort of kind of the, the real-time experience. Now, a lot of what we're investing in moving forward is in that long-term personalization. And so today, as I mentioned, we'll count reps, we'll correct your form. But with our technology, there's so many other things that we can actually extract about your performance, things like flexibility, mobility, balance, muscle engagement. A lot of these things that historically required an expensive mocap suit are suddenly available in a consumer mobile device, right? And so um, this really enables us to, uh, to understand your performance and your unique abilities in such detail that over time, we'll be able to truly recommend the best possible workout for you. And this is, you know, when you think about a trainer, right, this is why trainers are so valuable because they'll work out with you, they'll watch you, they'll understand how you're doing and then use that and also their, you know, prior knowledge and also their understanding of their other clients and really build a mental model of, okay, this is your goal, this is where you're at, this is what you should be working on. And so for Onyx, because we're collecting all of that information on, you know, the thousands of users who are like you. Right, and we're co collecting additional information that even even a trainer might not be without the right equipment. Um, then, really, there's just so much knowledge and data there that we can leverage to to create a hyper personalized plan. Um, that over time, you'll know. You know, I, I simply can't get a better recommendation for my next workout anywhere else. That's powerful. Yeah, that's really really awesome. Which kind of leads me to my next question of, you know, back earlier when I opened up about. You know, you guys were living in the future. You've been at this for quite some time. Uh, and then, you know, uh, a company by the name of Apple, you may have heard of, uh, decides that they're getting in the space. So not not a big surprise. I, I would suspect you guys were, were probably planning for that. I think a lot of people were, um, mm -hmm. given how big the market is. Uh, is that validation? Is that a threat? Are you scared? Both? T talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I'd say maybe a little bit of everything. Um, I'd say it's mostly validation, right? When you have a company like Apple uh, come into your space, it shows that they believe that this is a you know massive and growing market opportunity. Um, and you know, I, I guess the way that in which we're not very scared at the moment, you know, they they're doing all their motion analysis off of things like. Uh, accelerometers and, and sensors like that and so the level of information that you can uh, acquire from that it's it's much more limited of course you can do a fair amount with it right but as you can imagine when you have you know one sensor on your wrist versus a computer vision model that tracks your body in 3d space which is actually the equivalent of having a sensor you know at every single joint in your body right and so 
I'd say, you know, there's still a lot more that we're able to capture that at least with Apple's kind of current starting point and product, they're not going to be. Um, but yeah, it'll be very interesting to, to see how their solutions sort of play out. Uh, but overall, I think the way this becomes positive for us is, you know, by Apple kind of putting fitness as a core um, sort of product or app that is available with their devices, I think they just open up the concept of fitness being so important to so many more people, right? So even though a lot of people know this is important, I think having this as a standard in their device will make them aware, okay, this is something I really should be thinking about. And they may not necessarily go and use Apple solutions. They'll go and look at what else there is in the, mar- in the market before they make a you know, purchase decision. Yeah. And I mean, if Apple's a two, I think they at one point were a $2 trillion market cap company. Um, if fitness is good enough for the biggest company in the world, I think that just to me says it's a massive market and it's, it's just more validation. So I, I tend to agree with you there. Um, and, and I, I gotta ask, I'd love to kind of pivot. I mean, we, we've talked about you being early and your team, uh, and your, your, your co-founding team there building these algorithms, these machine learning models. So, you know, data in, quality data in is quality data out, uh, right? And so I, I'm just curious, like, do you think you guys have a head start, uh, whether not just against Apple, but against the rest of the players, because you've been doing this uh, video technology uh, uh, capture this way for presumably just as long as anybody in the space that I've seen? Yeah, I'd say we definitely have a head start. Um you know, the way that our technology works, um, we have machine learning models that we've built in-house. Um, I mentioned briefly my co-founder, James, he was a researcher at the Berkeley AI lab. And so he's been researching in the space for a long time. Um, and so he kind of built these models uh, in a way that combines data that we generate and also real world data that we collect. Um, and so that real world data really helps us perfect our tracking models, um, you know, across different scenarios across different backgrounds, different body types. So really the advantage that we have being longer in the space and also being this this direct-to-consumer product where we'll have you know hundreds of thousands of people using the product, every time somebody does a workout, we're collecting data that helps us improve. Um, of course, just to be clear, none of this data is identifiable. We don't collect raw video. So it's all very kind of... Um, you know, unidentifiable data. Um, But at the same time, you know, for every single uh, frame, for every workout, we know every joint position. And so we have all of this data across all the workouts that we previously had. And so that really helps us kind of improve our models over time. And that's really where the head start comes in uh, compared to other companies who might be building out those models now and figuring out, you know, how to collect that data at scale. Yeah. And it kind of, I can't help but ask naturally as a partnerships and business development kind of guy is, you know, do you see this being a, a white label solution to other players in the market? Um, do, do you, you know, even gyms, we haven't really talked about traditional quote unquote gyms. Talk to me a little bit about um, what, you know, to the extent you can share about the future roadmap of, you know, opening this up to the, the rest of the market. Is that a strategy? Yeah, it's something that we're sort of thinking about. We haven't done it yet. Um, we've had a lot of interest from various companies in the market, whether it's you know consumer fitness companies or personal training organizations looking to leverage this technology to help trainers keep their clients accountable uh, between sessions. 
Um, you know, it might be kind of physical therapy and telehealth companies that are looking to create these uh, remote solutions. And as you can imagine, you know, since COVID, we've had all kinds of fitness companies, you know, gyms and studios uh, interested in, you know, leveraging the technology in their own solutions. So um, it, it's something that we're definitely kind of exploring and open to and figuring out exactly what that would look like, you know, what aspects of the technology we are open to making available. Um, so yeah, definitely something we're open to. Um, I think your question on uh, sort of gyms as well, right? How, how can gyms leverage this kind of technology? I actually think um, that's a, a very interesting direction sort of for the future of the market. Um, you know, whether it's gyms using the technology in a mobile solution to hold clients accountable, as I mentioned, or actually bring it into the physical space. So if you ask me, you know, what, what do I think the gym of the future looks like? You know, I think it actually looks a lot more like Amazon Go, right? Um, you're going to you're going to walk in and, um, you know, through cameras and various sensors, it'll know who you are automatically. You'll be checked in. And then every workout that you do, uh, every, you know, every move that you make will be tracked and recorded. And, um, you know, you'll get all of this analytics automatically and you'll actually have a digital trainer in your ear telling you what you should work on next and kind of giving you feedback on your form the way that we're doing inside the Onyx app. Um, and so I definitely think there's room to do that. There's, of course, the question of what is going to happen to gyms long term. Um, and then secondly, I think gyms are kind of an interesting model um, because, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a conflict sometimes where, you know, you want to provide a great experience, but you also don't want all of your subscribers showing up at once, right? And so there's a little bit of this conflict of you don't want to provide like the perfect experience unless it's a very kind of upmarket gym. So anyway, I, I think this would be the, the ideal experience in the gym. And I definitely believe companies will be doing this. Uh, but curious to see how that plays out, you know, what the model looks like. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I'm laughing because I would even take it one step further. You're probably way more professional than me, but I think there are some gym chains who are in bankruptcy right now that didn't even want their members to show up. I think that uh, it behooved them for their members not to even show, which I think kind of gets back to the point of the mission of the company where, you know, I think you said, uh, you know, presumably you, you, you work out and your co-founder as well. And something that was missing in the market in terms of um, the motivation provided as well as the the real-time feedback, I think is is awesome because, you know, one other thing to talk about is whether it's Mirror, Tonal, Peloton, any of these guys, Echelon, um, you know, you have all these thousands and thousands of instructors kind of, you know, yelling at you, sweating on a screen, but nobody's really watching you. Right. And I think it's, it's so interesting that, um, you know, my Peloton yoga instructor can, can say, do this, but you know, nobody's providing that feedback and confirming I did that. And so, uh, I can't, I got to ask one of your videos I watched, uh, which was really well done. I don't know if this was you, but, uh, the, the cost. I want to talk about your business model, but, but first the question is, uh, who did that wonderful ad around, um, you know, the mirror, uh, costing so much. I can't remember what exactly it was <laughs> a scale of like $5,000 or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the idea in the video of, um, kind of seeing that mirror and seeing the cost go up on the screen and sort of taking a jab at, you know, mirror and Peloton and yeah, all of those companies. So I, I guess that was kind of, know our idea me and my co-founder when we thought about what we want to put out there um in terms of who really made the video and produced it, and you know a lot of the script came from them as well 
Um, their name is Elmonia Productions. Happy to kind of uh, put that out there. Uh, so they do some amazing work. Um, happy to also send a link if that's relevant to your um, uh, to your listeners. But uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun to make that video. I even like went in to, to the recording and helped out and ran the app, you know, during all of the scenes. Uh, so yeah, I, I think, you know, when we think about these existing solutions, um, as I was mentioning to you earlier, there's kind of like, you know, two sides. There's the um, on-demand solutions and apps and standard workout videos where James and I, at the time, we were using these things and felt like they were very one-directional. The trainer says the same thing no matter what you're doing. There's no accountability to actually, you know, doing your reps or pushing yourself all the way. And then on the other end, you have these things like Peloton and Mirror and whatnot, where there is some sort of two-sided kind of feedback, um, but those are very upmarket, very expensive. You know, they're really not accessible to everyone, and they they still lack a lot of the personalization and kind of individualized feedback and attention that we cared about. So we just wanted to drive that point home in the video that we are kind of um, answering both of those things. Yeah, and I and I love um, that you guys are you know going after what I would consider a much bigger market uh, for for home fitness and you know your everyday mom or everyday user. So to that point, um, could you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, you know the business model and and how much does a subscription cost? Yeah, so our subscription is fifty nine ninety nine per year today, um, and we're planning to move into monthly subscriptions as well. Um, and the way it works in general, we have a freemium model. So we have our workouts and uh, for a free user, there'll be a number of free workouts every week that you can access um, as well as access to all of our challenges. So uh, we have, you know, these features called, called challenges where um, as an example, we have our daily push-up challenge where the idea is to get you coming back every day and doing your reps, even on days where you're not ready to, you know, work out uh, fully or sweat Um and so all of these challenges are completely free. We also have our social challenges, like, you know, do as many squats as you can before you drop and then try to challenge your friends uh, to, you know, to beat your score. And so we really want these kinds of social um, aspects of the product to be completely free. It also drives growth for the product. Um, and then the subscription essentially gives you unlimited access to our entire workout library. Um, as well as kind of detailed metrics for every single exercise that you're able to kind of um, dig into and, and understand. Yeah, and apologies for not using that before, but just curious, obviously there are so many fitness modalities. So talk a little bit about, um, you know, what you have today and, and what you want to offer in the future. Yeah, so today we're all focused on body weight exercises. So it's very kind of hip style, you know, quick workouts are all fairly short You'll get a lot of the standard body weight exercises like, you know, push-ups and squats and lunges and high knees and those kinds of things. Um, in terms of where we're headed, we're definitely interested in other modalities and other exercise forms. You know, we're interested in uh, yoga and Pilates and, and boxing and all of these kinds of things. So we think there's a lot of potential there. And then also supporting lightweight equipment. Um, so, you know, we're, we're a software-only solution. It's great that we don't require additional hardware, but... The beautiful thing about computer vision is that we can actually support um, a lot of those things. So if you have dumbbells or barbells or bands or anything like that, um, those things can integrate perfectly well into our experience because with the camera, we're able to still track your body, but also recognize these objects in the screen and you know automatically tell how much weight you're using and 
and things like that. So we think there's a ton of potential in terms of where we take this with the content and kind of the different exercises and modalities that we support. Yeah. And I mentioned earlier kind of this idea of rewards and I could even take it one step further. I mean, you could really, you know, connect this to a travel company who, you know, let's use Expedia, for example, where you can earn rewards to go on a trip or a spa or, you know, whatever retreat. Um, Have you guys thought about that? Is that kind of in the roadmap? Do you offer rewards right now for the gamification piece? Yeah, it's a great question. So for our social challenges, um, we've historically done, you know, really basic rewards like, you know, if you complete the challenge, we'll donate on your behalf to the CDC Foundation. And we've thought about, can we even offer whatever fitness uh, equipment that's going to integrate with the product or clothing or anything like that? Um, so we we plan to do a lot more of those kind of types of rewards. And then, yeah, there's absolutely room to partner with other companies to provide those rewards and treat this as kind of an awareness channel for them. And I think a, a company that does this well is Strava, right? Strava has all these you know, weekly or monthly challenges for people to complete, and they'll partner with different organizations to um, give their users either access to something or some kind of physical prize or a trip somewhere. Um, so yeah, I really think there's a huge opportunity to to get those brands involved and provide prizes that are super relevant to fitness. Yeah, I'm glad you brought Strava up. I mean, I can't even keep up anymore, and I know the space pretty well. But it seems like you know, just yesterday, Whoop, you know, new unicorn in the more in the human performance space. Obviously, Strava's raised more money. Zwift, the list goes on. Um, I'm just curious, have you been surprised, uh, or do you just love it because it's more validation for the space of all the, all the money flowing into it? Yeah. So I definitely think it is validation, um, for the space and for the fact that people care about, you know, quantifying their performance and, you know, tracking their progress. And that is again, a very core part of what we're doing. We have sort of the, the content and the workout experience, but, um, you know, personalization is a huge component of that. And, um, and a big aspect of personalization is really understanding your performance. So, you know, with companies like Whoop and Strava, they show you detailed metrics on these various exercises. Uh, Whoop is very focused on recovery. Strava, there's a lot of you know running and cycling and swimming. And so you'll see um, different PRs and your speed and distance and stuff like that. And so I think where it becomes super relevant is, you know, seeing that people really care about that kind of tracking and the fact that we can bring it to all of these body weight and free weight exercises that historically were pretty much untrackable other than logging it yourself, uh, I think it just shows the the huge potential. So Asaf, um, you've given us way too much time, but definitely appreciate you joining. Last, last thing I want to ask you, get you out of here. Um, I know we mentioned this at the beginning, but the, the Fab Summit, as they called it, which we hosted in person last year in LA, I was uh, fortunate enough to moderate it and and it's going to be virtual this year. So I'll be speaking as well as you. Um, care to share any thoughts on what you're looking forward to or even wh- who you're speaking with? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm excited to be hearing from experts in the space across the entire industry. So I'm really curious to, to hear how gyms and studios are thinking about COVID and their plans. Um, hearing more from the, the more connected fitness devices. So on my panel, I'll be speaking with uh, the CEOs of uh, Lightboxer and Tonal. Um, and so obviously being a software-only solution, I think it'll be interesting to hear our kind of opinions on the right approach and um, how to incorporate hardware and in what way. So 
Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting. And I'm just mostly excited to hear from experts across you know, all of these different um, aspects of fitness. Absolutely, man. And and I would love to uh, bring you back on in the next kind of uh, several months here. I know I have a feeling we'll we'll be seeing your name in the news for uh, other announcements and, and big success headed your guys' way. So uh, Asaf, thanks for joining us and, and sharing the Onyx story today. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you to our guests and sponsors. Without them, there would be no Sport Lifestyle Network. If you're listening via Apple Podcast or Spotify, be sure to rate us and subscribe. For more podcasts and to sign up for the newsletter, go to sportlifestylenetwork.com. Again, sportlifestylenetwork.com. Until next time, play hard or at least look good doing it.